what a beautiful 25th episode this is going to be as all of us together are going to contemplate if the FIA is truly in the pockets of the few top teams because I, I am even as a Ferrari fan I'm, I'm really really uh, kind of say taken aback and not really happy about what is going on like the Max Verstappen situation pre-race in the qualifying basically he was he I think was around seven tenths down from his original lap that was uh, where he qualified in eighth or provisional eighth um, he didn't have any good penalty so it did not slide down obviously but he was he qualified in eighth position the next time he tries a lap again I or something like that and he is seven tenths slower like that is 0.7 seconds slower but towards sector three he has some moments where he's able to swing it around but right before um, he gets to that straight and he finishes that lap red bull calls him in uh, to the pits when he was having a good lap that is because uh, if he finishes that lap and if he goes for the in lap after that because if he crosses the pit entry then he'll have to go around the entire lap again so christian horner has also made the statement that, the, uh, that red bull was fearful if he if his car is going to have enough fuel for a sample test that fia performs for all cars so the problem here is a lot of fans are saying that oh it wouldn't have like you know it shouldn't have been done max would have kept going and it would have been a very bad it would have been a very good lap and stuff like that basically max fan max fans crying that's that's the best they best talent that they have let's be real max fans if they stop crying half the world problems are gonna be going away <laughs> just kidding uh the thing is that um okay so the stewards have confirmed that max Verstappen was not penalized for making minor contact with Kevin magnuson on the first lap as well at turn six so and this is the statement from the stewards and i quote we viewed the contact as a lap one racing incident with no driver predominantly to blame it was quote-unquote minor contact with kevin magnuson uh so it, it and to be very honest they say it's minor contact it wasn't really all that minor if you actually check out the race it's actually not really that quote-unquote minor as they stated to be so Mattia Binotto, team principal of Ferrari, is has made this statement to Sky Sports F1. In two different safety guards, Jacko made the same mistake. We expect a penalty of at least 10 seconds. We are sorry that a decision was made, not or was not made already in the race because then Charles pushed and consumed the front tires. End quote. The original statement is given in. Italian this is a translation to English the situation here is that in either of these cases 
they are Red Bull drivers who for some odd reason the FIA is trying to defend. Now we are going to go slowly and steadily into the past as well of this matter because this is not just the Singapore GP anymore. This is this is getting big. This is getting big. Because the the reason for the 10 second penalty is because Perez uh, finished I think 7.6 seconds rough give or take ahead of Leclerc in second. Science finished third as well so it's a 2-3 at least for Ferrari if there is no penalty or if it's a 5 second penalty because even if it's a 5 sec second penalty Perez is still going to be 2.6 seconds ahead of Leclerc because Leclerc made a mistake in the final 2-3 laps. He didn't at least he didn't DNF, so that's a good thing. That is why I'm not going to say anything about this because it could have been a lot worse. Because in the season itself, we have had three three major bins, you know, or as the Ferrari fans, as the Ferrari memers say, three major, <laughs> three major Zbinala moments um, for Leclerc when he was going in first and then he suddenly bins it into the wall. It has happened thrice in this same season, so I just don't wanna. I just I don't wanna say anything about it because at least he didn't put the car in the wall. At least he kept it on track. He lost around two or three seconds or something over the course of the next two laps, and basically he didn't finish under the five second time. Not a good ending, I know, but. The reasoning behind Ferrari asking for 10 second penalty is because Perez made the same mistake twice. Um, behind two different safety cars, so 5 plus 5 is equal to 10. Now the thing with this is, the decision hasn't yet arrived. The race has finished, um, the celebrations are done, the, like the, the decision hasn't really come along till yet. So it's currently around, it has been around roughly half an hour, 45 minutes since the race has finished, since that incident has happened. So it has happened with signs twice as well. This same thing that he was awarded a podium after the race celebrations and stuff were done. Basically, it happened in Brazil 2019, Hungary 2021. So, the point being that, have you ever seen this happening that, uh, you know, in a football match, that there is a final whistle that ends the match, and then there is, after the final whistle, there is a penalty that makes the other side win. Now, to be honest, I should probably change the example because I have one and only one game where this was true, and it was a Manchester United penalty drama, I think. Um, and some Brighton fans were really, really, like, you know, upset about this. I'll, I'll put the link to that as well. Um, but the basic thing is that, uh, you know, just like in sports, in other sports, the final whistle is the final whistle, right? The end means the end. All the decisions, all the refereeing, all the stoppages, all of that has to happen before the final whistle is done, right? before all of that happens like before the final whistle is gone before the final whistle is blown in f1's context before the checker flag 
before the checkered flag comes up. All the decisions regarding all the penalties should be taken. Just like it happens in football, just like it happens in cricket. So you know, let's say it's a 20-20 or T20 match in cricket and 20 overs are up, yet the side that was batting still gets to bat another extra over because of whatever XYZ reason. Wouldn't the bowling side be furious? Wouldn't the fans be furious? It's the same thing with us. You know, as Ferrari fans, like, I don't care if it's a 5 second penalty or 10 second penalty, even though math tells us that it should be 10 seconds because FIA almost always gives a 5 second penalty for such things. And because he has made two errors behind two different safety cars, 5 plus 5 is equal to 10. Despite the fact that math is telling us there should be 10 second penalties, even if we assume that both those errors are considered as one single error, it's still 5 seconds. At least you can give 5 seconds. At least, at least give something, give us something. Because it's insane how bad that is. You know, like, like, seriously, like, I just don't understand the point here. If we go further back in time now, we have discussed the Singapore Grand Prix well enough, I think. You know, like, before we actually go into the past, let's uh, get a rundown. Um, McLaren finished 4th and 5th. 6th um, was Lance Stroll. 7th was, um, you know, uh, Max Verstappen. 8th was Sebastian Vettel. Okay, so now ninth was I think Hamilton, tenth I don't even remember. Um, fourth was Norris, fifth was Ricardo if I'm not wrong. Um, so yeah, Ricardo had a massive race. So was so did Vettel. Now the thing with me is Perez should have been penalized for ten seconds, at least five, at least. But uh, he was spotted right after the race finished. Uh, to go to the uh, office, like or whatever race, like race director's office or whatever, to complain to register a complaint. I don't know if that's a meme or that that's an actual fact, but I saw it on Reddit. Uh, the thing is that the big thing is that in this entire matter, Daniel Ricciardo has had his season best result at finishing fifth. Now this is a season best result, obviously, because he has some wins. Quite a lot of wins, actually, uh, under his belt. Uh, I'd say that he is a pretty talented driver. This season, however, um, he is coming back. Um, he is making a good comeback. But now, we're going to go into the past a little bit of this matter. <coughs> is Ferrari in the pockets of few top teams? Because the thing is that... Um, Definitely Ferrari seems to be, like, I'm sorry, not, not Ferrari, it's FIA in the pockets of the, some top teams. Like, in 2018, Ferrari was caught cheating, somewhat, uh, you know, with the few injection tampering. You can find a lot of other sources and a lot of detailed sources about what happened and what not happened. But it is a proven fact that Ferrari was altering its fuel injection to deceive the sensors that FIA uses to monitor 
the said fuel injection. Now, if you get extra fuel in without the sensors knowing, you can make more power out of the engine. It's basically cheating. There are cars cheating. No action taken. Not even a fine. Not even one dollar charge. Not even one point in the constructors' championship removed. Nothing. None of that sort. Then, you know, 2021, everybody knows what happened in Abu Dhabi. Clear bending of rules to make Max win, most likely. You know, clear breach of sporting regulations 48.10 and 48.11. You can check out my first episode ever on the podcast, FIA's Inconsistencies. If you want to hear more about that topic, it's way back in the day, but it's good. The point here is that now this happened in 2018, so 2019, then in 2021 for, for, for a different team. And then now in 2022 for a different team. Some can argue from 2014 to 2020 for those all those years, it was uh, they have been pro Mercedes. But even then, it's the same top three teams. And I can say this as a Ferrari fan. Ferrari might have done something back in, like, under the table, over the table, whatever. With the FIA, they have, they sh- there must have been some settlement in cash or in kind. There must have been, you know, that we, we don't know about, obviously. The problem in this is... <coughs> Is FIA truly like dancing to the tunes of some top teams? Is is that true? Because that looks to be it. That looks to be it. Because this is not this is not normal. This is this is not normal behavior. And it's not like you don't hear from this, hear about this from the FIM, which is the FIA's motorcycle equivalent that sees MotoGP and everything. It's not like you don't hear this from FIM, but in the FIM's case, it is very rare. It happens in isolated incidents. It happens as isolated incidents. You don't hear about this happening in Formula E. Why it's only Formula 1? Because I'm pretty sure FIA in general is not responsible for this. The fact that these kind of things are not happening in Formula E, even though Formula E is very new, even then these kind of things are not happening in Formula E, that tells me that something in the FIA that specifically relates to Formula 1 is corrupt or working under the helm of some top three team member. You know, so there is something of that sort that is going on currently. And this is a very dangerous situation in Formula 1. Because if this keeps going on, I I sincerely doubt if Formula 1 is going to stay relevant in the future. 
when I say in the future, I'm talking 10, 20 years from now, not five, six. We know in five, six years, a lot can change. I'm talking 10, 20 years. Five, six years, you don't, a lot can change in terms of curbing corruption, if there is any. But I don't think that in five, six years, they're not, they're going to lose that much, that big of a market, or you're going to see that much of a change in F1 viewership. But if it keeps on repeating again and again, then, you know, it it might prompt people to stop watching Formula 1. Because it's not like the races, the races themselves are not any less controversial. The drivers and... I, I, I feel that all the drama, all this manufactured drama, should be saved for Drive to Survive and not for the actual season. Okay, let Netflix sprinkle drama on top okay don't do that for netflix don't do this for netflix don't your your job is to have safe fair and free races okay not free as in ticket prices free as in like free as in free and fair kind now the problem is that instead of having safe and fair races you're trying to inject manufactured drama into races and you're trying you, it feels less like you're doing the service to the racing fans it feels more as if you're doing a great 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 service to fucking netflix okay this this is what you're doing you you're, you're helping netflix out in making it easier for the drive to survive Netflix writers for their scripts you're making it easier for the Netflix writers and for the Netflix fans as well Netflix uh, in its own right I'm pretty sure won't be relevant until 2025-2026 it's filled with woke stuff that has nothing to do with reality the same goes with drive to survive they've made it unnecessarily controversial they've or the season 1 and season 2 were great, the season 3 they absolutely pinned it. Like season 1 was great, season 2 was okay, season 3 they absolutely pinned it. They actually put, it, put the show into the ground pretty much. Some log, like some factual inaccuracies to create some drama conspiracies, one, th one thing. But actually, you know, fudging the numbers, putting wrong team radios in wrong races running fake narratives that, that thing in its own right is just bullshit that, that is pretty much why Drive to Survive is having some record low viewership as far as real racing fans go real racing fans are not really watching Netflix Drive to Survive pretty much the only people who are watching them is probably either A the people who wanna buy into this bullshit or the people who are supposed to review shows on Netflix. These are the only two categories of people who are watching these shows. Now, now coming back from Netflix to Formula One, this has been a really, really mad race, personally, at least in uh, 
the management point of view so yeah i'm just gonna end the episode here and um yeah i don't know um bye pretty much Thank you.